I gotta be honest with you. I'm currently resisting the very intense urge to start belting the hook from Confessions by Usher. (laughs) We'll see if I can get through this whole episode without singing it, because as you can see from the title, we are talking about Confessions of an OT Money Coach, so I really just want to sing that song, but I'm not going to. In all seriousness, I guess I'm just trying to start this episode off light because it is a little heavy. It's a little heavier than ones that I've talked about in the past, and at this point, you know, I'm pretty much an open book when it comes to sharing about honestly everything like money, motherhood, marriage, my faith, like I share, you know, anything. But sharing about my financial journey, I do recognize that I fully embrace this transparency, but that doesn't mean I don't still struggle kind of with the vulnerability and honestly the intimacy of it all because talking about my money and my relationship with money is a very personal, very intimate thing, right? Just a little bit. Anyways, there's a lot I want to share, or I guess I should say confess. I used to be a chronic shopper and overspender. Before I started on my finance journey, I used to spend money really without any hesitation. I mean, I honestly didn't think twice about swiping my card. You know that Ariana Grande song? Okay, I'm going to reference a lot of songs in this episode probably, but you know the Ariana Grande song where I honestly don't remember the name of it, but she's like, I see it, I like it, I want it, I got it. Okay, that was me. I wasn't necessarily bad with money in the sense that I didn't rack up a bunch of credit card debt and oh my gosh I knew better than to ever take out a personal loan from one of those like super sketch loan places you know the ones with like bars on the window (laughs) but I can admit that I didn't have the best habits and then I did a complete 180 and I ended up becoming a whole entire money coach with a podcast all about all things money and personal finance. But that doesn't mean that I've got this thing all figured out and I never want to give that impression. So on today's show, I wanna share with you the real deal. They say there's power in confession, right? Well, today I have to confess a few things, the things that I struggle with and some that I still struggle with, my financial fears, the money anxieties that creep in. And in sharing, my sincerest hope is that you can see yourself in my story so that you know if I can get it together, you can too. But I promise this episode isn't all doom and gloom. I'm also sharing how I've been able to face my fears, confront my anxieties and struggles head on, and ultimately how you, regardless of whatever your confessions may be, can take back the power in your life and feel in control of your money, not the other way around. But wait, I'm getting way ahead of myself. Let's pause here and then I'll start from the beginning. They say money makes the world go round, but when it comes to navigating the financial side of adulting, they kind of left us hanging. If you've ever caught yourself saying, why the heck didn't we learn any of this in school, then friend, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Miracle Money Podcast, a space dedicated to having the real, open, and honest conversations about money and finance that we never had in school, but we should have. I'm your host, Amira Kondali. I'm a pediatric occupational therapist turned personal finance enthusiast. And I'm here to help you manage your money with less stress, more joy, and a whole lot of confidence. Let's jump in. When I first started my whole money journey, hubby was still in graduate school, and I had just graduated from OT school. So honestly, we were both still kind of living like broke college kids, (laughs) and we did for a while until he graduated. 
But when he graduated and he started working in his career and I was working, well, we started to do a little more living. I feel like that's the best way I can put it. Nothing, you know, too wild, too crazy, but a little more dining out, a few more vacations, a little more frivolous shopping. Oh, I won't say frivolous shopping, but just a little more shopping in general. It was stuff that like, we needed, but you know, a little more shopping. And I struggled. I struggled with allowing myself to spend. And it's something that truthfully I still struggle with. Even though, you know, we're sticking to our plan and we are meeting our financial goals that we've set for ourselves. And in general, you know, we're on the right track. I think that part of me fears falling back into my old ways. And I'm nervous that if I give myself an inch, I'll take a mile. But I've got plenty of these safeguards, I guess you could say, in place and ways to hold myself accountable to prevent this from happening, which of course I'll share in a second. But I really just want to talk to you openly about some of the things, again, those like confessions, my main ones <laughs> that I want to talk about, but then also the solutions and how I am, like I said earlier, just confronting those and dealing with them and hoping that you'll hear something that maybe if you're struggling with the same thing or you have the same confession as me, that you'll know how to kind of move past it and, and continue to work on, you know, that area of your life. So let's start with my confession number one. Are you ready? <laughs> Here we go. I still struggle with having a scarcity mindset. Now, when I first kind of dove into the personal finance community, I remember hearing this concept of scarcity mindset versus abundance mindset. And I I knew that I didn't quite have the ability abundance mindset, but I wasn't, I didn't like to think of it as scarcity. I was like, wait, what does that like even mean? So I'm going to tell you, there's a bunch of definitions out there that you can look up, but in general, the definition that I feel like I relate to the most and the one that like resonated with me is basically this feeling that there's never enough, that there is not more from where, you know, something came from, that resources are scarce, that things are limited, that you have to conserve. Now, the reason it, this is like, you know, something that I struggled with and still struggle with is a lot to do with my upbringing and my childhood and kind of the conversations around money that I heard growing up to where, you know, you can't, you know, waste that cup of juice, right? And obviously, like, no, like, I had a good childhood overall, but these are just some of the things, you know, money doesn't grow on trees, and, you know, we have to watch our spending, and we have to make sure that we're pinching pennies to make ends meet, and it was hard, right? And so that's kind of how I grew up, and so when I got older, I very much took that same concept with me, and now, of course, like, you know, don't waste is, is important, right? Like, not to be wasteful, but you know, hearing that repeatedly, repeatedly about not wasting resources, it became ingrained in me to the point where I felt like almost like I had to like hoard the things that I had, if that made sense. So I, like I said earlier, I wasn't necessarily bad with money. I just like didn't know what I was doing with it. So for example, I was working, but all I knew to do with that money was save it, save, save, save. And 
it wasn't so much I needed to save this money because I'm building an emergency fund or I'm saving this money for, I don't know, a down payment on a car later or I'm saving this money to pay for school later. For me, it was I'm saving because what if like I don't have any more money one day? Like I need to save every single dollar. I can't spend, right? And of course I said eventually I started to struggle with like overspending. So I'll get to that too. But this was very, very like early, early on. Um, just like the mindset that I had was that resources were so limited. And I also want to point out too that like two things can be true, right? Like I had that scarcity mindset, but also because I just didn't know what I was doing with my money, I would spend a lot, right? So you can be, I think a lot of times in personal finance, people feel like, oh, you're either frugal or you like spend a lot. And honestly, like sometimes it's both. Sometimes you don't quite know. And so for some months, I'm saving every penny I have. And then I go and splurge. And the reason is because there was no balance. There was no balance in that I didn't understand how can I spend responsibly. So I would go for long periods of time where I didn't spend and I didn't shop. And then I kind of like went on a binge shopping spree where I would get, you know, the same pair of shoes in like five colors. And it was because I didn't allow myself to to responsibly and comfortably spend, you know, over the course of a few months. And then I would just kind of go into a store and lose it. Now, I also treated shopping as a little bit of therapy because I mentioned before I am I have been in therapy for a little over a year now and so for me and this is like scientific like I remember talking to hubs about it and he was like yeah you know every time you swipe a card or like you get something you get that gratification like that happiness hormone is released you know you get that rush of dopamine so like for me spending was honestly super therapeutic sometimes so that's how I would cope with the different stresses and you know worries and anxieties in life so I'm bringing it back to scarcity mindset I promise but I'm just sharing how although I had a scarcity mindset there were still moments where I would overspend because like I said you can have both so I I struggled a lot with you know resources are this this message of like abundance right I struggled to fully embrace and accept that because it just wasn't something that I like I said grew up hearing it was more of the opposite where like we have to save and like you know all the stuff that I just said so I have struggled with scarcity mindset and I still struggle with scarcity mindset sometimes because it's hard to rewire our minds and our thoughts and our patterns and behaviors when it comes to money. So I'm still a work in progress, right? And so I'm trying, I'm really trying to embrace this abundance mindset But at times I do worry, you know, especially now that I'm staying home with my baby full time and we're down to one income. This has been magnified a lot because I'm like, oh my gosh, if Mozzie, my husband, doesn't go to work, like, or if he, I don't know, his hours are short or whatever happens, like, now our resources are limited. And it's interesting because although I have a scarcity mindset, Mozzie very much has abundance mindset. And I mean, that's, you know, his personal story for another day about his upbringing and all that. But I think that, you know, he's taught me a lot about having this abundance mindset. And he'll say things like, well, it's just money. And I'm like, okay, but you worked really hard for it. And he's like, I'll work, you know, I'll work and make some more of it. So he's really helped me in kind of rewiring and, and retraining how I think about money and how I can understand that there is more of it to make out there, right? There is opportunity and there is growth and there is, you know, all of these ways and just being able to open my mind and my heart, honestly, not to get emotional. Okay. 
you know, on this podcast, I get emotional, but opening just myself to this new, this new thought and this new way of thinking about things. So that's my confession. Number one is that I have struggled and I still do struggle with having that scarcity mindset. But what's honestly helped me the most is not even so much embracing abundance as a mindset, but embracing abundance as a lifestyle to think to myself, you know what, there is more life to live. There are more things to do. There are more opportunities out there. So instead of only thinking about abundance in terms of like, oh, you know, there's more money to be made and things like that. For me, that didn't quite, like that doesn't quite help me when I'm starting to think about scarcity, but for sure, thinking about it as a lifestyle. And, you know, I'm a believer. (laughs) I'm a Christian. And so I fully believe in the scripture that talks about God came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. So I remind myself of that, that like, you know, and you don't have to necessarily be a believer to still believe that, right? To believe that life is meant to be lived abundantly and really using money as the tool that will help you to live your life more abundantly. So that's something that I try to remind myself when I do start to worry, when that panic does start to creep in, when Hobbs is like, oh, like I only worked X amount of hours this week instead of this many. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And I start to spiral. I'm like, you know what? But by you working a little bit less this week, how was our life lived more abundantly? And for me, that just like really helps. So I hope that helps if this is something that you're struggling with. But like I said, this is so valid, this whole scarcity versus abundance mindset, but you really have to just work to change your thoughts and your patterns and your behaviors in order to embrace abundance. Again, not only as a mindset when it comes to your finances, but truly as a lifestyle. Now, my confession number two is, I guess, kind of a little spinoff <laughs> of that one. So because I have struggled and do still struggle with scarcity mindset, my other confession is that sometimes I feel tremendously guilty and honestly borderline anxious about spending money. So, okay, I'm just going to share this with you. I recently went to the store. Me and my little sister went shopping. She's in town visiting. And she wanted these particular pair of shorts. And the shorts were honestly really expensive. And I was like, okay. But I wanted to treat her, right? Again, because living life more abundantly. I'm so excited she's here. And she really wanted these pair of shorts. And although they were like way more expensive than I wanted to spend, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get her a pair. But then I went a step further and I actually got myself a matching pair and it was super cute. Like we were in the dressing room and we were trying on our little shorts and I was like, let's get a matching pair. And we did. (sighs) Friend, as soon as I got home, I instantly felt that guilt creep in, which then turned into anxiety because I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe I just spent that much money on two pair of shorts. Like money is limited. Money is like, you know, I just kind of spiral. Like I said, I spiral sometimes. So I spiral back into that scarcity mindset. And so even now that I'm sitting here talking about this, I am still feeling that same anxiety about how much I spent on two pair of shorts because I'm like, I cannot believe I spent that. And I recognize that 
this experience and this like bonding with my little sister, like obviously she, she didn't like beg me for the shorts or anything, (laughs) but it's something that I wanted to do for her. And we had a good time, like our little shopping spree that we went on and it was fun, right? And we connected and we bonded. And now we have this cute little pair of matching shorts that we wear together. And like that to me is so important to remember that like, this is part of abundance. This is a part of me living my abundant life. Now, I will not go buy the same pair of shorts in five different colors like old Amira would have because she absolutely would have. And then I would have spent way more money on shorts. I feel like I've talking so much about these shorts, but I'm trying to bring on the point that spending money for me is still really hard. It's still really hard. And I want to, again, be very honest about this, that financially we are still in a good place. Even though we are down to one income, the nature of hubby's profession, like they are, they earn, you know, decently well. So it's not like I spent our bill money or anything like that. It was just, it was a small, a small dent, right, in our budget. And, and it's okay. Like he's not going to be upset about it I, because again, Mozzie is very much of an abundance mindset. I even came to him and I was like, oh my gosh, I think I should return the shorts. And he was like, why? They look cute on you. You should keep them. And I was like, yeah, but like, did you see how much they were? And he was like, okay, but it's just money. Like <laughs> if, they, if they make you happy, it's fine. Like it's fine. You don't do this all the time. So again, he came from that abundance mindset, right? And I'm coming from that scarcity mindset. So I have to remind myself again, and here's like the solution to that. I have to remind myself that I really won't fall back into those habits because I've done so much work and I can say I'm really proud of the work that I've done in undoing those habits. Like I said, Oldamira, if I saw those shorts and especially if I was like stressed about something else unrelated in life, I probably would have gotten the shorts in like three or four different colors. But I know myself and I know that I've un I've I've un did those habits and I'm in therapy and I understand that like shopping isn't a fix to whatever stress that I'm feeling right like there's so many other things that I have learned in therapy and tools to cope with the different stressors of just like motherhood and being a wife and you know like trying to still do things that I love that are a part of my identity as just Amira, not as Amira as someone's wife and Amira as someone's mom, but just like my identity. So there's so many tools and things that I've learned that I don't resort to just shopping and getting those, you know, quick, happy hormone hits <laughs> because I have really, you know, done the work on myself. So after I remind myself, like, Amira, it's okay. You can go buy a pair of shorts. You're not going to go back to the store and buy them every single color. You've done the work. It's okay. So I really just have to remind myself of that. And again, also remembering that I'm trying to embrace experiences and the abundance that life has to offer. And sometimes that takes money, right? Sometimes it does. Sometimes the best things in life aren't free. Like they do come at a cost. They come at a price. And for me, bonding with my sister and having her, you know, here in town visiting me and doing things that are fun and like having a good time together, that is the best thing, right? In my life. Like, I love that. I love family. I'm very family oriented. You'll come to learn that the more and more I talk. But to me, like, that is part of my best life. And it, you know, part of that was us doing a little bit of shopping together. And it's okay. So I don't 
fully believe in that saying that the best things in life are free because it like the best things in your life and the best things in my life could be very different. So if you have to spend money in order to like live your best life and to enjoy whatever you think is the best thing in your life, then that's okay. But just recognizing that and and I want to like validate those feelings, especially like if you're trying to get better with your money you will likely go through this to some degree to where you're like, oh, I shouldn't have spent that. And it honestly doesn't help that in the personal finance world, there are people telling you that, or what is it? The only time you should see the inside of a restaurant is if you're washing the dishes and stuff like that. I just like don't, I don't vibe to be honest with that message. And you'll never hear me preaching that because even though you're working to get better with your money, and even if you're in a lot of student loan debt, or even if you're not particularly making the income that you want to make, I truly believe that you still can and should spend money on things that bring you joy. I will also say here, if you are struggling with spending money and you also feel kind of that like guilt and anxiety about it, reminding yourself too that when you don't give yourself those like small amounts of, you know, responsible spending later on it could catch up to you because this is exactly what I would go through where it would catch up to me and then like I said I would go on this really wild shopping spree and I would get a bunch of things and spend a bunch of money and basically just negate all of the saving that I just done so I'm a firm believer that even on this journey of like paying off your student loan debt or whatever financial goals that you're working towards still spending along the way will help you so like just a little indulgence now will help you to kind of avoid that overindulgence and that overcompensation for the lack of spending that you do now. And again, take what resonates with you and leave what doesn't. Because for some, you may think like, you know, I feel really good about this. And for some, you're like, no girl, I know myself. Like I need to be frugal until my financial goals are met. And that's fine, right? If that's you, then then that's you and, and that's great. But for those, and I, I know I'm speaking again from experience and from also just the many, many, many conversations that I've had about money, especially to people kind of in my same shoes as far as like, we are in a lot of student loan debt and then some of us are stay-at-home moms and like just the guilt and anxiety that comes around spending money. And as a stay-at-home mom, that's really magnified and really enhanced because then you start to feel guilty about, wow, my spouse is, you know, out and working really hard and then I just spent money on this small thing. And I think just, you know, having those conversations with your partner too around money and, and you know, what is okay for you to spend and, you know, what is, well, not okay, but like what is um, not going to hurt your finances in the long run, you know, I think is also a really good conversation. So gosh, that's honestly like a topic for another day as far as like navigating money and marriage. I will tell you, friend, my like grand idea with this, I actually want to have Mozzie on the podcast with me. <laughs> I've been trying to convince him. He's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I'm like, yeah, you do. But he's very, very candid. He's very blunt. So I'm actually a little bit nervous to have him because I'm like, I don't know what's going to come out of your mouth. But no, he's great. So I really actually want to have a conversation with him about how we've been able to navigate money and, um, you know, conversations around finance, particularly in our marriage. I think that would be really cool. So if you have any interest in that, let me know. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or, you know, send me an email, whatever. Okay, <laughs> moving on. So last confession and gosh, I'll try not to ramble about this one because I feel pretty passionately about it. But 
My, my third confession is that sometimes I'm really worried about what other people will think about the things that I spend money on or, you know, gosh, yeah. I mean, basically just about the things that I spend money on or like my viewpoints about money. It is still hard because like I said at the beginning of this episode, I am pretty vulnerable and I am pretty transparent, but that doesn't mean that it's easy, especially on social media. You know, people have their opinions and they give their unsolicited advice. And sometimes it's hard. Like, I'm going to be very honest with you. I do not have like thick skin whatsoever. So I take everything to heart, which I know is really hard, especially when you're like an online creator or I mean, a podcast or whatever. Anytime you're like, putting yourself out there they tell you like you should probably have thick skin but I'm gonna tell y'all right now I do not my skin is paper thin because I take every single comment to heart and so sometimes I'm just really worried about what other people will think I want to pause here and give you a concrete example so if you're a mama you're gonna understand immediately what I'm talking about when I say this strollers <laughs> hear me out. (laughs) I feel like there's this weird like feeling that comes up when a mom has a particular stroller. Now there's a stroller on the market that is very expensive, like over a thousand dollars. Now it's a beautiful stroller. Um, and I love the stroller and I'm going to tell you, I have the stroller, but here's the thing, friend. I didn't buy that stroller. We didn't buy that stroller. It was a gift from a very beautiful, generous family member who we love and adore. And we were so thankful for the gift. And as soon as we received it, and I didn't like, it wasn't on our registry. I didn't ask for it. It was just this family member was like, I just want to bless you guys with this because I'm so excited for you. And, you know, we had been through a lot in the previous year and, you know, this person was just really, really excited for us that we were walking in this new chapter. So I very much appreciated the stroller and I appreciated the gift. And I instantly was like, oh my gosh, I can never post a picture with me with this stroller on my social media because people are going to be like, okay, you're a financial coach and you're in student loan debt, but here you are are with this highly expensive stroller. (laughs) And I remember like I had taken this really cute picture and friend today I have not posted this picture because I am so worried that other people will think I am I don't know I don't even know the word for it I just feel like people will think oh she's not practicing what she preaches right when you don't know the whole story and this goes for a lot of things you know the certain kind of maybe house that you live in or the car that you drive or the vacations that you take and nobody knows the story of how you know you've gotten these things and I'm talking to myself here too and so it can be really hard when you are specifically with like material things right like for example I have a pair of very expensive leggings and it's my only pair of very expensive leggings but again I actually thrifted those leggings and I got them for a fraction of the cost but I would be worried that someone would look at me and say like oh look at her spending over you know x amount of dollars on a pair of leggings like (laughs) and you're supposed to be a money coach so I get really like worried and nervous about what people are going to think and 
I feel like I've alluded to this, but for me, the solution has really been in reminding myself that no one knows the full story. No one knows what has been done behind the scenes for you to have the things that you have. Maybe some of the things were gifts. Maybe you saved up for a very long time. And maybe maybe like you just want it to splurge on an item. And that's okay too. If you are a mama and you want to splurge on a very expensive stroller, like that's okay, right? That's your story. And no one knows, you know, about your finances like no one knows the full story and no one knows the full picture so that's something that has helped me so if you are like starting your money journey and maybe you're documenting it or maybe people know about it but then you know you're worried because you have something something tangible that people can see and you're afraid of like the opinions that they're forming I just want to encourage you and remind you just like I reminded myself that no one knows the full story and no one has seen be full and the bigger picture of whatever you're choosing to spend your money on so remember that friend and I'm talking to myself here again (laughs) all right lastly I just wanted to quickly kind of talk about this one it's not a confession or anything those are like honestly my biggest confessions and I mean I have a bunch more but those are like the big ones that are just like constantly in my face so I hope that's helped you to understand kind of the things that like I still struggle with and that you know my fears and my anxieties and my worries but then also how I've been able to like work through them that was the whole point I don't want it to just be like me saying like oh these are all the things that I still I'm like really sad about or whatever but I just want to also provide like the solutions to hopefully help you so Last thing, I mentioned this earlier, just about really being able to, whatever, again, your confessions are, being able to take back that power in your life and to feel in control of your money. And that truly starts with working to form a healthy relationship with your money, but then also help working to establish those healthy money management habits. And when you feel in control of your money, you will be able to approach these, whatever your confessions are, in a different way. So like I said, I have, you know, the scarcity mindset and sometimes I'm worried about spending money and I'm worried about what other people will think but I know in my heart of hearts that I am truly in control of my money I know what I'm doing my money doesn't control me and so because of that I'm able to just like approach these worries and these fears differently so that would be my biggest encouragement and tip for you is to learn how you can feel in control of your money and take back your power over the things you know these financial kind of strongholds maybe that you have struggled with and I know I say this literally every single episode but that'll be an episode for another day (laughs) exactly how to feel in control of your money and take back your power but in the meantime listen to oh here I go again you know I never know the episode number but I did an episode about the first few steps to getting your finances on track I will link it in the show notes (laughs) and so listen to that episode and that's a really good place to start in terms of feeling in control of your money okay so I guess this is this entire episode was just my reminder to you that even money coaches and even personal finance educators, we still have money struggles that we're working through. Healing a relationship with money isn't easy and it's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong journey. So you have to trust that process, right? You have to trust that journey. And more importantly, most importantly, you have to trust yourself. 
You got this. Over the past several years, now I think like three years or so, I've worked so hard to develop a healthy relationship with my money and to build strong, solid money management habits. It's been a challenge, but I'm so proud just of how far I've come. So it may have taken me years and maybe it'll take you years. Maybe it'll take you months or maybe you'll do your 180 in a few weeks. Whatever happens, just know that you're going to get to exactly where you want to be and you're going to be able to feel that control, feel that power and walk in it. Like I said, it may have taken me years to get here, but I finally did it and you can too. Hey friend, before you go, there's a few things I want to remind you about. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you never miss an episode. And if you like what you heard, please take a few moments to leave a review. They seriously make my heart happy. Lastly, don't forget to check the show notes for additional resources, links, and maybe even some freebies. All right, that's all I've got. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. I'll catch you in the next one. And as always, don't forget to make it a marvelous day.